Hey everybody and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of The Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and in this episode we will finally get to preview the first matches of the 2023 Rugby World Cup, which begins this weekend. And of course, we'll recap Round 5 and look ahead to Round 6 in the Bunnings NPC League in New Zealand. But we will begin our coverage this week, again, finally, with our official preview of the opening round of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. The RWC will kick off this Friday, September 8th, when host country France will welcome the New Zealand All Blacks in what might be one of the best matches of the entire tournament, and certainly the most exciting opening game I can remember. In other action this weekend, Saturday's action will begin when Italy takes on Namibia, then powerhouse and top-ranked Ireland plays Romania, Australia will then play Georgia, and finally, in the weekend's other big matchup, England will begin its World Cup run against a tough Argentina side. Sunday's action starts with a huge matchup between South Africa and Scotland, and the weekend action will then conclude when Wales faces Fiji in a game that the Welsh had better take very seriously, because folks, this is not your father's Fiji team. Now, before we start talking about the NPC, there is one piece of rather shocking news in Super Rugby this week that we need to report. New Zealand All Blacks and Wellington Hurricanes superstar Julian Savia shocked the rugby world this week when he announced that he will not be re-signing with the Hurricanes. And early rumors are flying that he will be moving to, wait for it, recent expansion team and perennial cellar dweller Moana Pacifica. What? That's happening. Well, we'll see. Now let's talk about the NPC. NPC action began this week when the Manawa 2 Turbos stormed into Eden Park. Auckland came into the game after a decisive win against a really good Hawks Bay team, while the Turbo fans were spinning for the first time in two years after the Turbos shocked the Northland Tanifa in extra time to take their first game since 2021. But while everyone was happy for the Turbos and their fans, no one expected them to go into Eden Park a stadium where they hadn't won since the very early days of the Reagan administration over 40 years ago and beat a probably playoff-bound Auckland squad. Right? Well, that's what you, me, and pretty much everyone on the planet thought. But that, folks, is why they play the game. So let's talk about the game. It began, predictably enough, with Auckland easily dominating and powering their way to a 14-0 lead. But at about the 25-minute mark, a strange thing happened. The Turbos' offense suddenly found their footing, and then they found holes in Auckland's defense. And only a few minutes later, it was 14-all. Auckland scored again right before the half to take a 21-14 lead into the break. To be clear, the Turbos were impressive in the first half, but there was absolutely no sign that they were on their way to a history-making upset. In fact, as the second half began, Auckland began by marching down the field and scoring what appeared to be yet another easy try. But the Turbos, bolstered by their first win in two years? I don't know, but whatever it was, the Turbos suddenly seemed to believe in themselves. And they didn't give up. And they scored again, closing the gap to 26-21. Minutes later, they were driving again, 
this time to take their first lead of the game. But at the absolutely worst possible moment, they throw an interception, and Auckland takes it 95 meters the other way. It is a dagger right to the hearts of Turbo's players and fans. The game is functionally over. Right? I mean, the hapless and helpless Turbos are down 10 with less than 10 to play. It's over, right? No, it's not over. For the second week in a row, the Turbos mount the most improbable comeback in years. They drive down the field, spreading and shredding the Auckland defense, and they score again to close the gap to just three. And suddenly, it seemed just possible. Could lightning strike twice in the same week for the Turbos? Yes! In the last minute of the game, replacement forward Julian Gurky simply blasted through the Auckland defense over the try line and defiantly, definitively, and decisively pounded the ball into the turf to tie the game. Isaiah Ravul then made the conversion kick in extra time, and the Manawa 2 Turbos go into Eden Park and win for the first time since 1981. Folks, the Turbos have now secured their second straight victory in less than a week after 17 straight defeats. And they have rugby fans all over the planet wondering what the fuck is going on with the Manawa 2 Turbos. Round 5 began on Friday night as the Hawks Bay Magpies traveled as far north as you can go in New Zealand and still play rugby so that they could face a shocked and angry Northland Tanafa team. The Tanafa, in case you've forgotten, were coming home after being the first team to lose to the Turbos in two years. But the Magpies weren't exactly arriving in a good mood either, having been rather resoundingly thumped by Auckland last weekend and only one of these teams was going to come out of this game feeling better. How did it go? Well, the game began well enough for the Magpies, and they jumped out to an early 7-0 lead. But the Northland offense progressively took over this game. And by the half, they had scored 24 unanswered points before Hawks Bay finally responded, and it was 24-14 Northland at the break. The second half was just more the same. Hawks Bay's defense was simply unable to stop the Tanafa offense, and their offense simply couldn't get going against the Northland defense. The full-time score was a frankly shocking Northland 44, Hawks Bay 21. Saturday's action began in beautiful Rotorua, in the first NPC game being played in this stadium in years. It was warm and sunny, just a perfect day for rugby, as the Bay of Plenty Steamers hosted the Otago Razorbacks. Otago made the trip up north without several key players, and it showed. The Steamers dominated the early minutes of this game, quickly taking a 21-0 lead in just the first 15 minutes. Otago finally got on the board, but it was still 28-7 Steamers at the break. Otago's defense was better in the second half, but their offense just wasn't able to capitalize on opportunities, and the full-time score was Bay of Plenty 38, Otago 14. We travel to cloudy and cool Canterbury next for the first NPC game ever at the Rangiora Showground, and while I don't know exactly what percentage of the locals showed up for the game, 
I can say that the place was packed for this one, and the fans who did show up were treated to what was, in my opinion, the game of the year so far. The Taranaki Bulls came to town to take on Canterbury. Both teams have staked their claim to being among the elite this season, and this was a game where, by the end of it, as a fan of the game, you were almost sad that there had to be a winner and a loser because, wow, what a great game, filled with talented players playing really well. Taranaki started the scoring and jumped out to an 8-0 lead, but then Canterbury struck back to make it a one-point game, 8-7. The teams traded penalty goals, and then, right before the half, Bulls fly half Jason Patras makes a critical error on a pass that is picked off by Nane Punavai and taken 80 meters the other way, and just like that, it's 17-11 Canterbury at the half. In the second half, Taranaki's defense was slow to adjust, and Canterbury was quick to capitalize, and suddenly, it was 29-11 to the Crimson and Black, and the Bulls suddenly looked very... beatable. But if you turned off the game at that point, folks, you missed one of the more exciting finishes in the league this year. And there have been some exciting finishes in this league this year. The Bulls stampeded back into the game, scoring all three tries that they needed to retake the lead and steal the game from Canterbury. But Jason Patras missed the critical conversion kick that would have given the Bulls their first lead since the early minutes of the game. And Canterbury holds on by the edges of their fingernails. Full-time score, Canterbury 29, Taranaki 28. Next up, we travel to North Harbor, where the somewhat surprisingly winless hibiscus hosted the surprisingly struggling Waikato Mulus, with both teams increasingly desperate to show that they can play to their potential. The teams began by trading tries, but it was the home team that eventually broke free and, buoyed by a pair of tries by Sean Stevenson, by the end of the first half, they had racked up a huge 24-5 lead. In the second half, spurred on by the legendary Aaron Cruden, the Mulus mounted a comeback and looked to be really back in the game when Sean Stevenson made a simply earth-shattering stop for the hibiscus, followed by a drive the other way, and suddenly... North Harbor was in control again. And that is pretty much the way it stayed. In the end, North Harbor not only had their first win of the year, but they did play to their potential. Their stars did show up, and they thumped the Mulus. Full-time score, North Harbor 39, Waikato 17. Now, by the way, before we move on from this game, we need to note that Mulu's and soon-to-be Waikato Chiefs starting scrum half Cortez Ratima has officially re-signed with the Chiefs and will start for them in 2024. Congratulations, Cortez. You have earned this shot, and we are very excited to see you start for the Chiefs next year. We travel to the nation's capital in Wellington next, where the defending champion and Ranfurly Shield-wielding Lions played host to the county's Manukau Steelers. And folks, write this down. The Steelers are a vastly improved team this year. And for the first 20 minutes of this game, they played some heroic defense. But a pair of tries within minutes of each other just after that first 20 showed clearly that against the Lions, they were simply outmatched. The Lions are just way too deep, way too talented, and way too good. In fact, 
watching this game, I began to wonder whether or not the Lions are going to lose another game this year. They are that good, and they're getting better each week. The Lions are loaded with talent, and the combination of Peter Umunga Jensen and Billy Proctor in particular is starting to get really lethal to opposing defenses. Again, full credit to the Steelers. They had their moments in this game, including a great try by hooker Ioani Monano, who simply ran over Lions flyhalf Aiden Morgan in the process. Although, full credit to Morgan for bravely, if somewhat insanely, trying to throw his body in the way of the much larger Moananu. But in the end, the Lions simply dominated. And the full-time score was Wellington 56, Counties 27. Sunday's action began at Rugby Park in the deep south of Invercargill. Now, I think that everyone knows by now that I have a soft spot for the Southland Stags. But the truth is that the last time I saw these two teams play, I thought it was going to be a blowout for Auckland. And instead, it was an incredibly close thriller, and Southland very nearly pulled off what would have been the upset of the year. Would Auckland make the same mistake twice in Invercargill? Uh, no, they would not. Folks, there's just not that much to say about this game, except that it was a good old-fashioned butt-kicking for the Stags. Auckland was in full control of this game from start to finish, and there was no point when the end result was in any doubt. Once again, though, full credit to the Stags, they did not lay down and die, and they did have their moments where they moved the ball well and played well but they just couldn't capitalize or turn those positive moments into points. And the end result was, well, a blowout. Full-time score, Auckland 41, Southland 13. Next up, the recently revived Manawa 2 Turbos blew across the Cook Strait and into Tasman to take on the Mako. And I've got to say, folks, I have no idea what the heck has happened to the Turbos, but they are very suddenly a very different team than they have been for the last two years. But with that hold against the Tasman Mako, a team that has been among the elite teams in the league over the last few years, but has recently fallen from grace and desperate to return to form? Well, early on, the Turbos appeared to have yet more of that magic fairy dust that has propelled them to their improbable winning streak. They took an early 5-3 lead and looked to have some real control. But unlike the last two games, this time, the Mako responded. And that legendary lack of defense on the Turbo side resurfaced at the absolutely worst time for the propeller heads. The Mako simply exploded. Ethan Blackadder and Maka Springer in particular had breakout performances in the first half, and before you could turn around, the Mako men were leading the Turbos 34-5 at the half. And in the second half, well, the Mako scored again in less than two minutes, and it just didn't get any better for the Turbos from there. By the 51-minute mark, it was 53-5 to the Mako. The Turbos would finally score again, but it was far too little and far too late. Full-time score, Tasman 58, Manawa 2, 19. Checking in on my predictions, I got my butt kicked last week, getting more games wrong than I had all season, 
and bringing me into this week's action at 21-8. and eight. The Turbo's winning streak, and we haven't said those words in a long time, but there it is, the Turbo's winning streak didn't do me any favors. But I took fewer chances this week and did slightly better as a result. I was 5-3 and three this week, still well short of my average, but it brings me back a little. And I'm now 26-11 and 11 on the season. Also, as we are now halfway through the season, it's time for our first look at the table, where we will check in on the standings and see who would be in and who would be out if the postseason began today. Not surprisingly at all, the defending champion Wellington Lions sit on top of the table, and with a frankly comfortable margin as well. The Taranaki Bulls are in the second spot, despite having just very narrowly lost to Canterbury, which is right behind them in third. And then Auckland, again, not surprisingly at all, rounding out the top four teams, which would all then host a quarterfinal. Tasman, Hawks Bay, Bay of Plenty, and Northland round out the top eight and would all make the playoffs. Waikato and, believe it or not, the Manawatude Turbos are right behind in ninth and 10th, with North Harbor, Counties Manukau, Otago, and Southland bringing up the rear. Looking ahead to next week's action, round five ends on Wednesday night as North Harbor hosts Otago. Both teams are struggling this season. They've both played well at times, but their records do not reflect that effort. Otago is coming off a tough week in Taranga, while North Harbor had what was by far their best game all season this past weekend. Who wins this one? I love Otago. But right now, these two teams suddenly seem to be going in opposite directions. And if North Harbor can play as well as they did last week, and I think they can, then they will win this game. North Harbor wins. Round 6 starts Friday in Hamilton when the Waikato Mulus will welcome the defending champion Wellington Lions to town. And this game might be tougher than some people think. I still think the champs will come out on top. But the Lions had better come into this game taking it very seriously. Because we're halfway through the season now, and the Mulus are not where they want to be. And they know it. Still, the Lions are playing on a completely different level right now. And I expect that to continue. Wellington wins. Saturday's action begins at Navigation Home Stadium, where I again remind the locals to please let me know if anyone is selling one of those homes overlooking the field, as the county's Manukau Steelers welcome the Southland Stags to town. I love the Stags, but the Steelers are vastly improved, where the Stags are still struggling to turn their performances into points. And sadly, I think that continues here. Counties will win this game. Next up, it's the Battle of the Bays, as the Hawks Bay Magpies host the Bay of Plenty Steamers. This is a hard game to call. The Magpies are coming off of a devastating two-game road trip that saw them drop two games that I thought they should have won. They'll finally be back home in Napier this weekend, but will that be enough to take down a Bay of Plenty team that's finally starting to show signs of last year's playoff-bound form? I don't know. But I do think that this could be a great game. It's hard to pick against the Magpies at home. The Steamers have been streaky, but they've been playing better the last few weeks. On the other hand, the Steamers have also now lost several key players to injuries, and it's not yet clear who will and who will not be able to start for them in Hawks Bay this weekend. 
And that will obviously have a big impact on the outcome of this game. I have to pick someone, but I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to make a conditional prediction. If the Steamers are going to be missing several key starters in their backfield, it is hard to see how they will be able to win this one on the road, and I pick Hawks Bay. However, if Cole Forbes and Leroy Carter can start, then the Steamers will win. Finally, on Saturday, the easy pick for Game of the Week and a very likely preview of a postseason matchup in Auckland as Auckland will host Canterbury. These two teams have played some epic games in recent years, including what was arguably the most exciting grand final in NPC history just a few years ago. And the way both teams are playing right now? I expect nothing less from this game. Canterbury is tough, but Auckland is at home and they are coming off a couple of great games. And they will make it three. Auckland wins this game. Sunday's action will begin in Palmerston North, where hope is suddenly in fashion as the recently resurgent Manawa 2 Turbos will host the struggling North Harbor Hibiscus. Will the Turbos pull off another thriller, or will flower power rule the day? This is a tough game to call, but the Turbos' full-on collapse on defense against the Mako last week showed that their struggles there remain formidable. And right now, the North Harbor offense finally appears to be finding its groove. This could be a very close game, and I'm on the very edge of predicting a Turbos win for the first time in years. But I can't do it yet, and I think North Harbor will win this game. Taranaki returns home next to face the Tasman Mako. The Bulls are coming off a devastating and close loss against a very good Canterbury squad, while the Mako are still celebrating after their blowout win over the Turbos. Will Taranaki return to their incredible form, or will they be the victims of a shark attack at home? Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. The Mako have players who are playing better, but the Bulls are a better team right now, and they will return to form at home. Taranaki wins. Next, the Otago Razorbacks return home to Dunedin, where they will host the Northland Tanafa. The Tanafa are coming off a convincing win against a good Hawks Bay team, while the Razorbacks had a tough time on the road. How does this game go? Well, I think Northland is putting their game and their season together right now, while Otago is still figuring out how to get theirs going. I love Otago, but Northland will win this game. Finally, round six will end next Wednesday when County's Manukau welcomes Canterbury to town. But, as always, I will make that call on next week's show. And that's it, folks. That's all the more time we have for Season 3, Episode 6 of the Rugby Report. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell all of your rugby friends about our show. And remember... The early bird gets the worm. So sleep in next time. You're more likely to get pancakes. See you next time. This episode of the Rugby Report is the 2023 copyrighted property of Narratives LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted either in whole or part without written permission.
please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.